Hey there, lady. You're tuned into Wine and Gine, a lively woman's health podcast hosted by two licensed midwives, Kelly Pappas and Tiffany Alblinger. We're dragging every sister, mom, and best friend on our mission to make chatting about the female body and everything that comes along with it a normal and amusing thing. Grab a glass of wine with us while we flex our vagina expertise and dish on women's health topics each episode. Remember, you too can be a vagina expert because you have one. to get back to you this week with a lovely little episode on something a lot of people want to talk about, um, libido. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We just finished the recording of last week's episode. Mm -hmm. So if you missed that, scoot back to episode seven. Oh yeah. We talked about vaginal steaming Mm -hmm. while we're vaginal steaming. (laughs) So you, it's pretty meta. You're like thinking about your thoughts, right? <laughs> You've caught us fresh off a of vaginal steam. We're feeling real good. Yeah. And we do talk about, you know, how you can apply vaginal steaming to increasing your libido. For sure. Something you might want to know. It is true. People want to know all about how to increase their libido, right? So what is, what is like the definition of libido? Um, basically like sexual drive slash desire. Yeah. And why does it become something that women want to talk about? Well, I feel like for a season in our lives, it is kind of a non-issue because you're not struggling with it. (laughs) Because you're like, it's great. I feel good. I love this. I'm into it. I'm here for it. Um, And then, um, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons that it can shift, but a lot of times... Uh, you know, motherhood can have a drastic impact on it just with uh, hormones and lifestyle change and all the things that come along with that. Um, But there's obviously other things in your life that can shift and change that can totally, you know, affect your libido as well. Stress is a big one. Yeah, yeah. We discussed this in our live event that we do Mm -hmm. locally in January. And that was, like, universally, the women that we had there, some of them were single, some of them were married, some of them had kids, some of them didn't, some of them had 20-year-old kids, some mm-hmm. of them had six-month-olds, and everybody pretty much agreed that they would like to be having more sex than they were, and the yes. reason that they were not having more sex is because they didn't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> And there's, so there's that mental piece of like, yeah, sex is good. I would like to have right. it. And then there's the physical piece of, and, you know, the emotional and everything else that comes along with the, you know, uh, all of sexual desire, how it's not just a physical thing, but um, it's a, there's a, there's a disconnect there. There totally is. Yeah. yeah there's our lifestyles mm-hmm. that... Of course, our sexuality is a part of, but we don't necessarily live sexual lifestyles right. anymore. Yeah. No. I'm a, I <laughs> no, had a I much don't. more sexual lifestyle yes. before I became a mom and have been 
for sure. my husband for 14 years. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's really important to my marriage. Oh, absolutely. I feel like it is one of the biggest ways that my husband feels like love. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. my husband has said that to me. Yeah. This yeah. is the way, <laughs> this is the way yeah. that I know you love me. And I'm like, that's so simple. <laughs> Why can't I do it? <laughs> and it's hard because you're like, I love you. Yeah. I do. And I want you to be happy. Yeah. But I just don't want to. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. you got to really yeah. work yourself up to do it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you don't. Sometimes yeah. it's just great. It's, that is like the sweet spot of all the things. Yeah, you're like, I'm into it. I'm like, I can happily initiate. I can do all of these things and like just be really tracking well with that and that. I, I like really enjoy those yeah. uh, snippets that I see um, when it does happen. And I want it to happen more often. Yeah. But, you know. So let's talk about that a little bit because I think this is a multifactorial problem. I think it'd be sure. really easy. Well, I don't want to say problem. It's a multifactorial issue. issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because the problem makes it sound like it's something that has to get fixed. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just the way it is right now. Right. There are definitely seasons where you have to have grace with yourself. It's yeah. Like, this is the season. But, you know. It's, we're, I'm in a season where having sex is not easy. Yeah. It's not something that I want to do. But usually when I get going, when I start, oh, I'm yeah. happy that I've done it. Oh, for sure. And then by the end, I'm really happy. <laughs> this is a great idea, Tiffany. Why didn't so, I So yeah. there's something about the initiation. Yeah. And for me personally, it's getting in the mood. It's so much oh, yeah. effort. Yeah, it's much more than just in the bedroom. Yeah. It comes way before that. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's pull it back just a little bit and talk about what are some of the things that decrease libido. We've said hormonal fluctuations, mm -hmm. breastfeeding is a part of that. Lots of breastfeeding oh, sure. women are they just have, yeah. they have so much prolactin in their bodies that there's just no estrogen to yeah. get them interested. And uh, like in a bit of like girlfriend chat that's totally where I'm at I'm in my first year postpartum still and that's how it's been with the last two kids while I'm yeah. nursing it is a struggle and once I once I'm like they have weaned uh, it takes me a couple months but then I'm like oh there I am again yeah. um, and so it's one of those uh, sacrificial <laughs> things that you know comes along with for me it. at least yeah um, but breastfeeding for sure and along with breastfeeding being touched consistently even if you're not breastfeeding when you have kids you're pretty much consistently being touched yeah all day somebody needs you yeah and so it's hard to have somebody else need you yeah even though it's for a they're very different purpose but and I feel like my kids are a little bit older they're six and eight and so I've got a lot of personal boundaries now after yes, almost yeah. nine years where I'm yeah. like, mom just needs to not be touched all the time. And they don't need me physically as much yes. anymore. Yeah. But I'll tell you, they need me for a hundred other things. And at the end of the day, when I get them in bed and my husband looks at me before I can even sit down after washing the dishes and he's like, I'd like to have sex with you. I'm like, if somebody else asks me for one more thing, I'm going to lose yeah. it. So there's definitely a component of raising kids, raising small kids, mm -hmm. being a mom who really, you know, provides a lot for their family that just wears you out at the end of the day. For sure. Um, 
and even on even on my most tired days, if there if if we end up having sex, it's it's never what I think of in my head, like, oh, this is going to be terrible. It's always a good thing. Yeah. But it's that mental aspect of getting into it. Yeah. Um, and so energy, obviously, is like a, it's a big one. Yeah. And fatigue in general. Like, and that can be with kids or without. You know, if you're, if you're not sleeping well consistently, depending on, like, lifestyle or work or whatever, that's going to impact things. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's, um, there's a doctor that I found a... Um, little tidbit of information from he's actually um, he has a PhD in like um, biological social science and he mm. says that there's this term called tense tiredness his name is Robert Thayer and it's low energy and increased tension so yeah. you're stressed out sense. about something and you're tired because of whatever is happening yeah. in your life that's stressing you out and that combination will just zap your libido like nobody's business that makes complete sense yeah for men and women like oh totally that's a lot that physically and mentally your body is dealing with yeah so your body's not going to be like hey let's do this other thing yeah right? do you ever think if you we should ask we should ask our audience okay yeah. audience listeners <laughs> gyners if you are a mother who works outside the home like full-time do you feel like, in general, you are more available for sex or the same availability for sex as a stay-at-home mom is or less available for sex? I wonder. Like, yeah. I also wonder if my husband stayed home with the kids all day and I <laughs> got to go be a grown-up yes. all day yeah. if I'd want to have sex when I got home too. Yeah. And maybe he wouldn't. It's true. And I think it probably depends on, like, job duties and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, that's true. But, you know, yeah. it's demanding. If I was working on a construction set all day, yeah. as a man, with a bunch of dudes, I'd like to have sex with my <laughs> wife when I get home. It makes sense. It makes total sense. sense. And it's not, like, that's a good thing, right? That our yeah. husbands want to have sex yes. with us. It is a wonderful, yes. beautiful thing. Yes. And it's amazing for, like, connection and for all of the reasons like it is a great thing and so when we talk about not wanting it it's not in a way that it's a bad thing it's just um trying to marry those two things of like it is a good thing yet there's so much in my body that's in my mind that's saying i'm not, I'm not ready not tonight. for this yeah. yeah so what about the woman who doesn't have this problem what about the woman who's like actually i'm the one who wants to have sex all the mm -hmm. time and maybe my partner does not yeah well and I feel like they often get left out of the conversation or they feel bad talking about it because in general more of the struggle is on the other side of not wanting it yeah um and then that becomes an isolating thing too totally and so you know the conversation goes both ways yeah and it needs to yeah so, I mean, we've covered a lot of reasons why women might have low libido, but some of the reasons that cross over to both male and female um, are just stress in general, mm -hmm. underlying illness, and medications. For sure. So that can affect libido, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, and really kind of like mess up your sex life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's also something about like aging men having, you know, not the most optimal prostate health. True. And 
you know, being able to sustain er erection long enough to satisfy, yeah. you know, their partners that kind of does that same too. thing that like crosses over into flipping those roles a little bit to yeah, where absolutely. I think I would be kind of frustrated too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, again, it's not just a one, one like quick trick that we can tell you and it'll be the cure all. Cause it's just so multifaceted yeah. depending on what's going on in your life, what has gone on in your life, what will be going on. <laughs> you know, like there's just so many things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you have shared with me before that your philosophy of like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yes. I, and I, I like, I say that with like a grain of salt too, because obviously as we are created, we have a sex drive and that'll be there. But I feel like the more that you utilize it, the more that you have sex, even if you're not like, Oh, I'm so into this. I want to, right. the more that you do it. I feel like the circulation and everything like in your body is reminded of like, this is what we do. Um, and that personally increases my desire more yeah. when I have sex, even if I'm not like, Oh, I'm super into this and I want, really want to. Um, if it's, and it sounds bad talking about it like a discipline cause it is such a good thing, Yeah. but a bit of a discipline of like, I need to do this, um, for, you know, many reasons, but, it's one of the ways that I feel like it increases my desire. Yeah. When I don't have any desire. Yeah. When you're looking at an issue in your life and you're like, okay, here's something that I would like to see change. Mm -hmm. You do have to get disciplined in the way you go about it. Right. Like I like <laughs> to work out. Okay. So you, you have to, you know, you have to do it. Yeah. Even when it sucks right. waking up to do it or when it's, you know, whatever. Um, so uh, another part of that piece, because I think that sometimes is a bit like it is physiological and I think that is scientific actually, that people who have sex more often enjoy sex more often. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. So I wonder almost like, um, if you were wanting to have more sex, but couldn't. Would that change the psychological aspect of oh, it? Oh, gotcha. Interesting. Do you ever feel like because you're the one who's getting pursued all the time that it changes the dynamic of the sexual relationship? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, because nobody wants to be the one who's rejecting the other person no. all the time or making them feel bad. No. And no one wants to be the rejected. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So I wonder if there's something about wanting something but not being able to have it that increases the desire even more. So it's like, oh, I would we just so. need to have sex with them so that they don't lose their minds. <laughs> I, I can vouch for that. Yeah. I believe that is a, an actual <laughs> thing. So they don't lose their minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, sure. um, tell our listeners about our sex goals. Yeah, so um, like Tiffany mentioned, we have uh, live wine and guine groups uh, in San Diego where we hang out with a lot of the you know women who want to come chat about these things in person. And um, when we were chatting about um, similar topics about libido and about you know sex in general, uh, and we sort of came to this conclusion of like y'all want to like be having more sex. You know, you guys want like this shift in your relationship. So let's set some goals for the month, um, some sex goals. 
hashtag sex goals. Yeah, it's a hashtag. Um, it totally is. And, um, and and that's like a personal thing, whatever that looks like for each you know person in their relationship. And I feel like it was so helpful because people are sitting back and thinking, okay, this is something that I want. So how in the next month can I work towards that mm-hmm. goal? Um, and so a lot of people had different ideas of, you know, what they were choosing to do, uh, for their sex goals. Like I'm going to, you know, do have morning sex with my husband, like a couple times a week or, you know, once a week, I'm just going to try and see how that goes. Or, yeah. Um, I'm going to loving, that's such so a loving thing. I was like, really good for is. you. You should, you that's should not my that. sex goal, <laughs> but I want that for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but people had some really great ideas of what they were going to do um, yeah. in terms of, like, initiation as well. That was a big – that's a big conversation to have, right? Because, um, again, like we were talking about, nobody wants to feel rejected and nobody wants to be the rejector just continuously. Yeah. Um, and so uh, potentially scheduling sex mm-hmm. or scheduling initiation days. Yeah. Um, I think that's super powerful. It is. Like, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you get to initiate, you know mm-hmm. – uh, what are the other days? Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. It's like my turn. Yeah. And Sunday. It's a wild card. Yeah, no, it's gonna yeah. happen. I think we um, shared that strategy in the orgasm episode. Yeah, yeah. Because it all kind of goes hand in hand. It absolutely does. Right? And so if you guys have not listened to the orgasm episode in um, number four. Yes. Do, do have a quick listen after this one because we do bring in some of these components of um, actually getting satisfied with the act of sex. Oh, right. And preparing yourself for sex in a way that can lead towards orgasm. Yes. Right? Because there's one thing about just like having sex and just having sex versus yeah. having like a fulfilling sexual relationship. Yes. It's not yeah. just about physical stimulation in order mm-hmm. to achieve the physical orgasm. Yeah. But usually as women, we want to connect on other levels besides just physically. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that for us, um, it, for me, for sure, but a lot of the women that I talk with, they, you need an emotional connection. Oh, yeah. Just to get in the mood. Yes, for sure. Like, like if their husbands would talk to them for five minutes about their days or their feelings, they could get sexy. Yeah. <laughs> The bar, the bar can be some, sound somewhat low, but it's, it's so you know, low. it's, it's a necessary, it just goes to show like all the different ways that it's not just physical. Yeah. So. And there's something to be said for the discipline and having sex goals and stuff like that too. But one of the fun things that we did in the local group, um, when we talked about libido in January was we asked everybody, just as a fun icebreaker, share the crazy places that you have had sex before. And most of us ended up coming up with memories from mm-hmm. when we'd like first got yeah. married yeah. and we're like in our young twenties yeah. and we've got we've got fun and interesting places. <laughs> Everyone in that room, especially yes. some people that I was like, Yes, <laughs> not expecting that. Yeah. Um <laughs> and what I think what that did is it reminded all of us of a simpler time yes when we were like oh sex is fun and like carefree yeah and we didn't have to think about it and we just were like we want to and so sure um and so it really was fun listening to everybody's stories because it did kind of make me remember like oh remember when we were like on our honeymoon and like 
crazy. That was all we wanted to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, time shifts things and all of that, but, like, it's still the same, uh, you know, physical experience. It's yeah. It's still the same, like, relationship. It's still the mm-hmm. same connection, you know? Yeah. Um, it was, I think that it's important to think about those things, too. Like, kind of surveying your own, you know, relationship, thinking back, I'm like, oh, yeah. We have that. Yeah. We can, we can totally have it again. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It yeah. just reminds you of, like, this was fun for us mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And also, it kind of stimulates a little bit of creativity. Yes. Not that, like, we need to go having, you know, sex out in public anymore. Like, <laughs> we've been there, done that, and that's not necessary. But, it, like, you know, like, something in, in my household is when the kids are gone, like, they mm-hmm. go to grandma's or something. We're just like, oh, we can have sex in our room with the door open. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy. Don't have to muffle any noises. Yeah. But so there's an opportunity there to kind of, like, you know, think outside the box a little bit. And, yes. and how can you take something that's, like, pretty dull, drum, and ordinary and, yeah. and spice it up a little bit with a really minimal amount of effort? Yes. Yeah, at this point, I feel like spicing up doesn't really even mean that much. Yeah, like, maybe I'll take you my bra off. That much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Ooh. Yeah. Um, okay, I have a question for you, Kelly. Um, when... I'm a little nervous. <laughs> you should be a little bit nervous. <laughs> um, okay, I want to talk about like the social pressures yeah. or the way that we see sexuality or healthy healthy, quote-unquote, sexual relationships portrayed in the media. Mm -hmm. So how does our outlook out into the world change the way that we sometimes internalize what we think we should be doing in our own sex lives? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was watching a show with my husband uh, the other night, and it made me think of this because the husband and wife were just chatting about, you know, something and then they just start making out with each other (laughs) so you know you're watching it and you're like and you you know they kind of like insinuate what's happening afterwards and you're like huh like we don't really ever just chat and then just start making out and just go for it you know and I I feel like I see that a decent amount in tv yeah like married couples who are just you know super uh, active in their sexual lives that uh, it kind of it always makes me I'm like how how many times is everybody else having sex a week or like yeah. what is it? you know it just makes me think about what everybody else is doing or if I'm doing enough or if we are connected enough or you know it just it yeah. makes you think of all the questions um, and granted not that I take my life advice from the media <laughs> but it's sort of, it can get into your head of like huh, like, I, I don't really trust that this is accurate, but what is everybody else doing? Yeah, you know? it makes you yeah. think about it. Yes. And if we're not having these kinds of discussions with our girlfriends, which usually sex is the area that we end up being able to talk about. Yeah, some people don't other. like to talk about, like, menstrual blood or, you know, right. whatever else with each other, but sex usually sex comes usually up. Sex usually comes up once you kind of start to develop a relationship with somebody um, but depending on what your friends are doing, or maybe they're ashamed of the, their yeah. own, you know, sex frequency, and For sure. you know, you just never know exactly what is normal. And so, I just would like to reiterate how important it is to really just make that between you and your partner. 
Mm-hmm. And for there to Agreed. be open communication about that. And I think that's like the key. And I the think key. one of the keys in my own marriage is just continuing to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're still not having sex as much as we want to, but yeah. let's keep talking about it. Yeah. Because I don't want him to think that it's not important to me right. and that I'm not paying attention to it. Right. Um, and I don't want him to think either that um, that this is how it's always going to be. Yes. Because I don't believe that. No, absolutely. No, I think for sure, and it's going to be any year now, <laughs> we're going to hit a stride. Years. Yes, for sure. Where I'm able to participate it, participate in it in a way that is fulfilling for both of us. Yes. And just being able to say, I know this is important to you, and I'm continuing to work on it, and I want you to know it's important to me too. Yeah. Um, but then also being able to open up conversation about it really kind of allows – the discussion to happen mm-hmm. where like you can say, well, how many times a week would you right. like to have sex? Oh, that's it. I only have to have sex with you one more time yeah. a week I for you totally to do that. be satisfied. Yeah. And so sometimes we get lost in this loop of, um, offering, rejecting, offering, mm-hmm. rejecting. And really it's, it's much more simple than that. It, really really is and I feel like I mean communication is the answer for most things in a relationship yeah um and this one in particular because I feel like a lot of men and and women too but like are similar to our husbands in that it's a huge way that helps them feel loved and when you're continuously rejecting or rejecting more often than you are accepting, accepting. the initiation um that can be very wearing. Yeah. I you agree. Know, so. Okay, let's talk about some things that people can do just like from a practical perspective in order to increase their libido. Yes. We talked about reducing stress in general. That's kind of elusive. Yeah. I mean, there's always something. But what is it for you that like you feel like really relaxes you? Yeah. Right? And it doesn't have to be something, in, you know, incredible. Even if it's just like a two-minute like deep breathing exercise, whatever, before you walk in the door after work. Yeah. Or you put the kids down to sleep and you, you know, take five minutes for yourself before you talk to your husband or whatever. Yeah. Um, Just finding those times to figure out what it is that actually relaxes you and doing it as part of your daily routine. Yep. Yeah. There's some self-care things that kind of go into that too. And... Um, you know, I think one of the encouraging things about people who have more sex is that they actually are just more relaxed. Right. So it's this wonderful loop, right? <laughs> and they handle stress better. Like yeah. they're, it, they're like, they're pretty stoked on life. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of like jumping into that cycle, cycle. right? Where yeah. you can have a piece of that, um, because... I mean, that's a pretty sweet lifestyle. Yeah. Handling stress better. I'm more relaxed. And I'm I'm having sex. Super happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sounds good. Sweet. Sounds so simple. Yeah, it does. Okay, so if you feel like you have had an opportunity to implement some of these social strategies and you're not really getting the results you want or you just have, like, an intuition that there's something more that's going on there, Uh um, 
like we said, it definitely can be caused by medication, but also a mental health disorder. Oh, for sure. Right? Absolutely. That's really prevalent in our society right now, and just having an opportunity to talk about depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. it's rampant among women. Um, and so potentially you're treating that with medication that's decreasing your sex drive. Right. And so do you and want you're in to this loop again? Yeah. I mean, do you want to be sad and not having sex right. or yeah. not sad and not having sex? I know. So that that one, you know, obviously it needs a little bit more tender care. Yeah. Um, but also some hormonal issues like thyroid disease. Oh, yeah. Or um, Which some women don't even know that they have. Right. And once they figure it out, all of a sudden they're like it's like I'm living a whole new life, right? Like, yeah. Like, now I have more energy, and I'm less stressed, and I want sex more. Yes. You know, all yes. Yeah. And your medical care provider could potentially run those tests for you, find you borderline, advise you not to treat it, and sometimes borderline thyroid issues are worth treating. Yes. Um, and Absolutely. so if you feel like you might be one of those people, you can reach out to us at wineandvinepodcasts at gmail.com. And we can kind of coach you on sorting through some of those issues and symptoms in a more functional manner where we really take your symptoms seriously and point you towards care providers that are going to um, help you manage some of those or get to the root cause of some of those. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you think of anything else that would provide like a physiological decrease of libido that, you know, women Mm -hmm. can be trying to do all these things to try to, you know, increase it, but really they need to solve an underlying health issue? Um, interesting. I'm trying to think of anything in particular. I think hormonal birth control sometimes oh, yeah. contributes yeah. to low libido. I think anything where you're messing with hormones of any sort mm-hmm. is is definitely going to affect it in one way or another. Yeah. For sure. Um, I'm trying to, I, not anything that's coming up at the top of my head, though. Yeah. Okay, let's switch gears just a little bit here. Yeah. Um, what do you think about how we were taught about sex and our bodies and how we saw loving relationships modeled for us as we were growing up. How do you think those elements affect how we navigate our own sexuality? Hmm. Well, and just growing up, my parents were super affectionate. Yeah. Like, and it was, and, and they still are. They are. It's so sweet. Like yeah. they have been married forever and like just, love holding hands and like yeah. snuggling and all the things. And we always thought it was gross when we were little. Sure. But now as I like grow up, I'm like, that's really awesome. Like I want to still feel that way when I'm married, you know, 40 years. Yeah. Like, that's, that's great. Um, but learning about sex and all of that was like sort of a different story. Yeah. You know, um, I think I always learned about the like physical part of things this is what happens, and then you get pregnant, right? <laughs> or an STD. Yes, exactly. You're either going to get pregnant or an STD. And let me, like, read about how their cauliflower-like growths. <laughs> I remember every single time we had sex ed, oh. you'll get cauliflower-like growths. I'm like, what? Ooh, I better not have sex. Um, but in the way that it was taught, there was nothing about pleasure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because, they, I mean, I assume they didn't want to make it sound like it was a fun thing to do. <laughs> Yeah, there's, that's a really funny way to give information <laughs> yeah. to young people. <laughs> I think that that's, I wonder too, if there's a component of the shamefulness in the part of our bodies and the way that we use them, especially in the sexual way, 
because it was never explained to us in a way that was just matter of fact. Yeah. Of like, yeah, no, like, adults in loving relationships have consensual sex. Mm-hmm. Because they like it. Right, because when you learn about it, yeah. it is, you're going to get pregnant in a jacuzzi, like, just by sitting next to something. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just kind of scare you about it. Yeah. And so you have this idea of, like, but I don't think, like, there's there's truth somewhere here yeah. in the mid, I don't know, you know? Okay, on that vein, I just want to say really quick, we have a mutual friend of ours who asked us recently if we would provide some health and sex education mm-hmm. to a group of of her preteen daughter's friends. And isn't that amazing? Yes! It's amazing. That's, I mean, like, I feel like these conversations are important for us as adults to have, and I feel like they're so needed. But then I'm like, oh, dang, that's, like, that's where it's at right that's now. That's where the change is, yeah. I think. I think mm-hmm. that's where the change is, is when we start to change the way that we talk with our daughters and sons mm-hmm. before they're pubescent before they're sexual mm-hmm. about just the normal natural facts of their bodies and how they're used. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's something that's interesting to you, would you reach out to us and um, potentially we would love to connect with you about providing that kind of material on like a larger yeah. scale. We would love that. Yeah. That'd be super fun for us. All right. Well, wine and gyners. That is it for today. Yeah. If you hop on over to our Facebook community group, it's called Wine and Guide Community on Facebook. We are going to do a live video on Wednesday. So two days from this podcast getting released, we will show up in that group where we answer your questions live. We go a little bit further into the topics and um, we're able to discuss things on a more personal level with the women that are in that group. So hop over there. And then the other thing for you to do is check out our show notes. We have a things to try um, section. And in things to try for this episode, you'll see a book called Lucy Libido. And this is a book that has been recommended to us lots of times by some of our friends. And it's just a really simple essential oil guide for increasing desire. So it's giving us a specific regimen of using essential oils to stimulate your desire to have sex and that's something that we can totally get behind yes yeah absolutely um what else i think that's probably about it that's That's how you create your own hashtag sex goals right for yourself and uh keep us posted on how those are going yeah we want to hear yeah i want to hear for sure yeah all right We'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. The sponsor of today's show is Whole Mother Co., a fun give back shop that includes you, the busy mama, in making an impact with your purchases. Your partnership raises money, promotes awareness, and supports the mother-friendly causes you care about. Use code WINEANDGUIDE at wholemotherco.com to get $5 off your first order. Wow, Kelly, they made it all the way to the end. What did they win? Lady, you've won a priceless connection with your amazing body that you've been doing your fab life in. Our hope is we've gifted you with some information and perspective you can use. Sharing is caring, and our mission is to make these topics familiar to all women, 
We bet you can think of three people right now who will find this episode helpful. So be a pal and share it. Lastly, you won't want to miss a thing coming up in Wine and Gun, so subscribe to get all the tasty details directly to your ears. Have a great day, vagina experts!